We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Co-host TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. We have two special guests with us, Alex Compton and Riley Kine, who are joining us to talk about spring practice. Alex and Riley both write for Hoosier Huddle. Uh, We couldn't ask for two better days to start spring practice, and then it got cold, Uh, but that's spring in Indiana. TJ, welcome back to the show. Uh, How are you doing? Yeah, doing great, Sammy. Uh, it's, you know, NCAA tournament time is heating up, and um, I know we're not a basketball site, but both uh, you and I are definitely uh, sports fans in general, so certainly looking forward to next week, even though uh, our Hoosiers uh absent, hopefully for the last year in a long time. Uh, that that'll be the case, but I'm definitely excited to talk uh, spring practice. It's a, a very important off-season for Indiana football as they try to uh, – put in the work now to get themselves in position to head back to a bowl game. Yep. And before we bring Alex on, uh, TJ, you mentioned March Madness. We're doing our ESPN bracket challenge yes. again. Yeah. I'll put the link out on Twitter. Um, it's the group is Hoosier Huddle. Uh, winner will get a Hoosier Huddle t-shirt. I'll send it out to you. Uh, not high stakes. It's not one of these $100,000 prizes. Uh, Frankly, I can't afford that. I think if we all pooled our money together, we probably couldn't afford it. Uh, but let's bring in Alex Compton to talk a little bit about uh, the offensive practice. Alex, how are you? Good, Sammy. How about yourself? Uh, exciting couple of weeks here, ramping into spring ball. Uh, well-deserved spring break, but uh, ready, uh, kind of like we said earlier, uh, for some March Madness. Yeah, Alex, I was down with practice with you on, on Sunday. Uh, we got to see the offense a little bit uh, during drills without shoulder pads. And then uh, you went to another practice on Tuesday where they were in shoulder pads. A couple guys stood out to me. Uh, one of them was, was Mike Penix. Can you just talk about the, the quarterback situation a little bit? Yeah. So obviously well-documented at this point. Uh, we kind of highlighted it in the off season before camp started, but kind of a three-headed race right now. You talked about Penix. He is kind of as talented as advertised coming in here, uh, but you got to remember he should still be in high school at this point. So obviously a lot of different things come with that. Got to mature, but that just kind of comes with some seasoning, comes with reps, so nothing really to worry about there. Uh, really just, just throwing fastballs right now. You could chalk it up to nerves. You could chalk it up to wanting to make a good impression, but – uh, finding that dial to turn kind of the velocity up and down kind of just comes with, with those reps and that seasoning. So I uh, made some really nice throws on Tuesday. Uh, one that really stands out to me hit uh, Sean Bonner for like a 30 yard seam route touchdown over the middle of the field. So uh, that was a really nice throw kind of turned some heads on the sideline. So 
Yeah, he Mike is uh, doing well. Uh, obviously, a long way to go, but uh, he's got four college practices under his belt, so I uh, need to kind of keep expectations in check for now. Uh, flipping, uh, flipping the script here a little bit, uh, Peyton Ramsey, I, I still think right now he's kind of the guy. If the season were to start tomorrow, I think he he's kind of your QB1. Uh, he's acting like a starter out there, looks like a leader. Uh, players are kind of respecting him and kind of looking to him for that leadership. So uh, that is good to see. He does look healthy, which is nice. Uh, kind of hindered his play at the end of last season, just being banged up. So uh, being healthy is obviously a big part of his game and being able to move like that in the run game is, is huge for him. So uh, and then Nick Trani is kind of the other guy. Uh, he's someone that I was very high on when we recruited him and were able to sign him. Uh, I would say he's probably the backup if the season were to start tomorrow. Uh, pretty inconsistent. He's made some really, really good plays and then some really, really bad plays so far. Uh, but you have to remember he didn't really get reps at all last season in practice because uh, Richard Lego and Peyton Ramsey kind of split those reps. So uh, just getting reps is big for Trani right now. He's showing some good signs. So uh, at this point, I would say it's still pretty wide open, though. Yeah, one right. question and, I had, Alex, regarding, regarding the quarterbacks, one question I had, uh, in more as it relates to Peyton Ramsey, it's kind of my opinion uh, that if Peyton Ramsey uh, would have been healthy for the entirety of last season, based on what we saw from him when he was healthy, uh, I think he'd kind of be the unquestioned starter uh, and a guy that a lot of people, a lot of Indiana fans would be quite excited about uh, to have as the unquestioned starter heading into this season. Uh, is that kind of how you see him as we enter this year? Uh, or do you think that uh, the gap really would be uh, that close? Even if we saw healthy Ramsey all of last season, uh, the people would still be wondering who's going to be the starter. No, I think I think you kind of hit it right on the head there. I think if he were to have stayed healthy last year, I think uh, the starting spot would have never been kind of relinquished to Lego back at the end of the season there. I think he showed a lot of really, really good signs as kind of a, a freshman quarterback in the Big Ten East, which is just a really tough position to be in in the first place. But I really think kind of his stats and his overall play and confidence were really dampened and kind of hurt by his injury, kind of really held him back. So I think being healthy, I think you'll really get start to see uh, kind of the full scale of his development this year. Uh, but like you said, I do think if he were to have played kind of all of last season, I think we really wouldn't be talking about this right now. Right, and mentioned Sean Bonner at the tight end position. Uh, that's a position that's wide open with Ian Thomas graduating. You have Ryan Watercutter coming back, who's made a couple highlight uh, catches, and then Austin Doris has been mentioned by the coaches a, a couple times about his play and practice. Is this going to be – I think it's going to be a, a, a job by committee, which isn't the worst thing in the world. You're going to need to keep guys fresh. Uh, down stretch and all three of these guys could do um, things a little bit differently. Uh, how do you see that shaking out right now? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, I think one of the more important position battles kind of on the team besides probably linebacker and quarterback. Like you said, I do think it's going to be kind of production by committee this year. I think water cutters kind of, you know what you're going to get very vanilla. won't make mistakes. Good blocker. Um, Doris is a guy that I kind of marked down as one of the guys that stood out to me so far through just four practices. But uh, with the offense this year, I think so far in practice, there's a lot more of option in the receiving game. So uh, receivers have the option to break off their routes a little bit differently and maybe turn them into a kind of a different play that wasn't called at the line. So 
Doris is kind of really good at that, kind of improvising, and he looks much more fluid in his in his cuts and his routes, which is good to see. So um, I think just being confident, all four of those guys kind of have to be ready to have their number called and step up and make some big plays. But um, Bonner's looked okay. He uh, he looks much more athletic than when he came onto campus. And then Peyton Hendershot looks much bigger now. Uh, he kind of is probably going to be the best receiving tight end we have on the roster, but obviously he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year. So um, that's just, you need some seasoning, you need some snaps, but tight end, I would say is probably wide open. I think Watercutter and Doris probably get a majority of the snaps just because they complement each other pretty well, but uh, need those other two younger guys behind them and Bonner and Hendershot to step up this year as well. Right. And one of the things coming into this spring practice was the hiring of coach uh, and it was something that I noticed, uh, you know, w- without their pads on, these guys look to be more cut. And, and it's only been six weeks since since they've um, since they started working out with Coach Blue and Dr. Ray. Is that something you saw on Tuesday? Maybe it's something we'll notice as practices go on. But how do you think this, uh, you know, this workout program and new strength and conditioning co- uh, coaches is affecting this team this early in spring practice? Yeah, so kind of the biggest difference that I've noticed so far is that the drills that the guys are doing are kind of done with a purpose. So you're seeing the corners are doing drills to get faster on their first step. You're seeing receivers get stronger with their hands. You're seeing linemen get faster on that push, things like that. So the guys are much more lean now, and I guess they have much better football strength. That is going to be much more kind of tangible and functional out in the games, which I think is going to be really, really important. Um, but like Marcelino Ball, he looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He's probably one of the most jacked dudes I've ever seen. Uh, he looks healthy, moving great. So that's good to see coming off the injury. Um, but you got guys all across the board that have made significant games. Like I talked about Peyton Hendershot. He's a guy that redshirted and, and looks much better already. So, um, but I think it's much more about uh, kind of drill specific for position groups, making sure that in the game you're going to have that extra half step or that extra little bit of strength you're going to need to kind of to win that battle. Right. And then uh, offensive line-wise, they return everybody uh, on that line. You add Nick Linder. That's something that we've all been keeping uh, an eye on. And uh, just how it's hard to tell this early in spring practice, especially without pads and only one day in full pads. But how do you how, how do you feel about this offensive line and the running game behind it? Yeah, so right now I'd say I'm, I'm confident in the offensive line. I think the nice thing about it is that if a couple guys don't play as well as they are expected to, we have <laughs> options now. So we really have kind of a deep, versatile line, which I think is going to be a strength compared to years past. But Kind of going across the line, I think the left side, I think opposing teams are going to have a really tough time uh, getting to that blind side if, if Ramsey or Tronny's the, the righty quarterback back there. But Because uh, Coy Cronk and Wes Martin are absolute monsters. So um, Wes Martin in practice, the practices I've been out to, no one can get it past him. Whoever you throw on him, no one's getting by Martin or Cronk right now. So that's that's really good to see. And they're kind of really being anchors for that offensive line, which is important. Uh, you talked about Linder. Right now he's kind of splitting snaps with Little Hunter, Hunter Littlejohn at center. So, like you said, it is early. It's kind of tough to tell where everybody fits in at this point. But um, I would expect kind of when camp, uh, summer camp runs around that he probably should be the starter there at center. Um, right guard's open as well. I think Mackenzie Nawara has looked really good as well. 
um, looks quick out there. I think he's a real asset in the run game. And then right tackle, Brandon Knight looks healthy again. So I didn't see any effects of his offseason surgery. So um, he looked like he was moving well, excited to be out there. One of the more vocal guys on the line as well. So um, really deep group, really experienced and versatile groups. I think definitely one of the strengths of this team kind of heading into 2018. Yeah, then, I, then running back. I'm particularly, I'm particularly excited uh, to see uh, number one where Linder ends up. I, I, I kind of think he's going to be playing at center. Uh, and then two guys that I, I mean, Wes Martin, I feel has been uh, pretty underappreciated by Hoosier fans, myself included. Um, I think he's just a really solid player that that could uh, potentially have himself an all-Big Ten, uh, one of those Big Ten teams uh, at, at guard this year, left guard uh, as a senior. Uh, and then another guy, that the, the two that I'm really excited to see, Harry Kreider uh, and McKinsey Nora, I think that they've got uh, both of them uh, just a ton of room for growth. And, and if if one or both of those guys can step up and uh, kind of be the kind of players we hope that they can be, uh, it's just going to can be a very good offensive line uh, that gets back to being a strength as opposed to a question mark. So uh, those are kind of the two swing players, if you will, that I think if they go up uh, and play to the level we hope they can, uh, this line becomes really exciting to watch. Yeah, touching on those guys, Kreider's been playing a ton of guard so far in camp. So that would indicate to me that I think Linder is eventually going to stick at center because uh, then he has kind of him and Little John there. Um, so Kreider's playing in a lot of guard, which is nice. And then Wes Martin How didn't much... give up a sack last year. Um, and I think I, I'm pretty sure he's got the longest active streak of pass snaps without giving up a sack in the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, he is just a beast, yeah. Yeah. How much bigger does Kreider look? Because uh, we've we've seen and, and heard reports from you know various places that uh, uh, Kreider is somebody that has – significantly bulked up uh, and developed, which is something you kind of expect for a guy in his second year on campus. But uh, it, it sounds like he has been, uh, you know, turned himself into a, into a man here in the past 12 months or so. Yeah, upper body, you can see it definitely just from standing on the sidelines. Um, he's now able to kind of, instead of just dealing with defensive tackles he's kind of moving them around and placing them where he wants to which is really nice to see from a second year guy Um, but another big thing for him is conditioning so I think last year we kind of saw it towards the end of the season and second half of some games he got a little tired just Mm -hmm. from being a true freshman but yeah Yeah. definitely upper body strength is there and I think the conditioning is getting there as well all right lastly before we get Riley on let's talk about the runbacks Morgan Ellison back he looked good Cole Guest looks like he's running at the twos as well um and then you have Ronnie Walker in for spring fourth star uh incoming freshman he's there uh Mike Majette's been practicing as well and Ricky Brookins and a couple other walk-ons how do you feel about this running back group uh heading into the uh the rest of spring practice yeah, I think you kind of got a really, really nice one-two punch. I think Morgan Ellison kind of established himself last year as a true freshman as a guy towards the end of his career that's going to be one of the best backs in the Big Ten. Uh, behind him, I think Ronnie Walker ends up as the guy that takes like the second most amount of snaps. He's looked good as well, obviously still getting acclimated. 
I'm keeping things very vanilla for him right now. I kind of just want to get him understanding about the reads and where to hit the holes, things like that. Um, behind him, I think you got a nice mix of, of versatile guys that can fill in based on matchups. Uh, one guy you did forget to mention is Craig Nelson. I think he's kind of been really surprising and, and turned some heads so far in camp. They've been using him a lot in the screen game. So I think that's mm-hmm. a kind of a nice new wrinkle of the offense that I think was kind of uh, looked away from last year. So I think we could get screens back into the game with some running backs, especially Nelson. Uh, and then Cole Gatt, I still think he's one of the fastest straight line guys on the team. Uh, he had a 55-yard touchdown in, in practice the other day. So, I mean, I mean, he blew right by like Juwan Burgess and LaDamian Hunt, who are some of the fastest guys on the team. So uh, running backs are good. Um, I think you'll see them a lot more in the passing game this year, so that'll be exciting to watch. Cole Guest, there was a tweet about him. Uh, probably had the fastest run in practice. Well, thank you, Alex. Enjoy your spring break. Thanks for being on. Uh, and we'll talk with you again as pra- as spring practice resumes after spring break. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that was Alex Compton, uh, our writer down in Bloomington, who has – uh, covered a couple of practices, and now we bring in uh, Riley. Riley uh, is on the road down to Florida. She's kind enough to join us. Riley, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Kind of jealous of uh, you going down to, to the warm weather uh, as we're stuck here in, in cold Indianapolis. Riley, you were down at practice yesterday, the first full padded practice. Uh, focusing on the defense, what were your your big t- takeaways from from the defensive side of the ball? Um, I think that overall they looked they looked really strong despite losing um, the number of seniors that they are. I think that the defensive line looked awesome. I think they looked very strong. Uh, one player that stood out to me was Alan Stalling. He was he made his blocker miss multiple times. He was getting the quarterback quickly. Uh, Andre Brown, he had quite a few knockdowns. Uh, overall, I think that they looked good. They looked, yeah. They, I mean, losing the number of seniors that they did, uh, I think that it's going to be just a spring and summer with a lot of growing pains. But I think that so far I was impressed with what I've seen. Yeah, Alan and Stalling. coming into spring. Yeah, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, Alan Stallings, uh, very uh, player we came in with uh, a lot of hopes for is a kind of a wrestling champion uh, with a lot of raw potential uh, to be a good pass rusher. But I, I think last year, toward the second half of the season, uh, we started to see him turn more into a wrestler that was trying to play football into a uh, an actual legitimate pass rusher, uh, and that that also you know comes along with body development as well as he got bigger. Uh, do you think he's a player that could turn into that go-to pass rusher uh, that can just beat his man one-on-one, no scheme needed, uh, that he can just be the guy that uh, provides that consistent pass rush off the edge that IU's really been looking for? Uh, for these past, I'd say, three or four seasons, they have not had that guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think uh, that Stallings is a guy that he has the speed and he also has the strength. And from what I saw, 
I think that he definitely has the ability to be that guy for the Hoosiers and to be the number one pass rusher and to get in past his locker and to the quarterback. Look at that defense line as well. You know, another incoming freshman who, you know, kind of gone under the radar is James Head. Uh, the guy, we I saw him on Sunday. He he looks like he's ready to play physically. Um, he's probably a little raw on the talent side, but he's a guy who he's long. He's, I think he's six three or six four. He's got long arms. Looks like one of those typical SEC uh, defensive ends that they just throw at you, and he's all arms. You can't get away from him. Um, and then on the inside, you have. You know, guys like Mike Barwick, uh, Jerome Johnson, we, we haven't seen uh, much out of uh, Juan Harris and them yet. This defensive line, especially with recruits coming in, uh, has a chance uh, chance to be re- really, really good. Riley, looking at, at the secondary, um, you talked in, in your practice report yesterday about uh, the senior leadership of Jacob Robinson and Jonathan Crawford. Has that translated on the field? Is there there's something on the field that you take away from from their leadership? Yeah, uh, I mean, at practice, you can just you can just like tell that they are the leaders, and that that they're just directing the younger players. They're helping them out, and uh, they're really stepping up, which is something that Tom Allen, uh, Coach Tom Allen, was saying in a press conference that they need the guy that they need uh, Jonathan Crawford and Jacob Robinson to step up and be more vocal uh, because of the use of the defense. And I think that from what I saw yesterday, they're definitely, uh, I saw Crawford just telling guys where to go and he was just being very vocal out there, which is definitely good and it's something that Tom Allen definitely was focused on so right and then we look at that position um, it, they're joining rooms with with the stinger which that outside linebacker rush linebacker at the Tigre scales yeah. played you know it, the one guy that stood out is, and Alex talked about Barcelino ball he looks like a, a, a superhero uh, with the way he's been working out. He's he's up to 219 pounds, 8% fat. Uh, just what have you seen from from him getting back in the field? Uh, does he look to be back at that all Big Ten level that he was uh, as a freshman? Yeah, I he's huge. <laughs> he's and he, just looking at him out there, you can tell that he's hungry and he's ready to be back and uh he he really looks like he hasn't missed a beat from coming back from last season off an injury uh he just he really looks really strong out there um and he's also another leader uh despite only playing the one year and then being hurt last season but uh he's definitely a guy that they are going to look to to make uh consistent stops and yeah, uh, a couple of young guys. In the, yeah, go ahead, TJ. 
one thing I was wondering about uh, with Marcelino Ball, uh, it seems like he's bulking up to be, and Sammy mentioned this, a little bit more of a uh, that Husky position to be a little bit more of a linebacker. Um, so kind of behind Marcelino Ball, uh, who are those players that, that maybe are uh, going to step up as kind of backup Huskies or guys that they play in more pass-specific situations? Uh, would that be kind of Isaac James rotating into that role or uh, Brian, Fitz, Brian Fitzgerald uh, finally eligible and, and able to play after the uh, snafu from the admissions department uh, that uh, prevented him from being eligible last season? Uh, is there anyone else besides those two or, or are those kind of the two guys that, uh, that you're seeing as you would expect to get those looks in, in more pass-heavy situations? Um, I, I mean, those were, I was, I saw a lot of, uh, ball, uh, but another guy that actually stood out to me who just recently switched from uh wide receiver to defensive back was, uh, Jonah Morris. And he was, uh, he just being like in the new position, for only a few weeks, I was still pretty impressed with what I saw. He uh, was knocked down a couple passes, and uh, yeah, he was getting to the ball quick. So he's another guy that I think that we can look for uh, in spring practice and uh, going into the summer and just see what his abilities are. Yeah, Jonah Mars is is a guy we kind of get lost in the shuffle. He was at receiver and moved back. So it's good to see him uh, doing good things on the defensive side of the ball. Riley, thanks for taking the time out of your long drive to Florida. Hopefully this was about a half hour entertainment uh, for you and your crew down there, uh, heading down there, but safe travels. And thank you for joining us and and enjoy your, your spring break. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right, that was Riley Kine, um, one of our student writers over at Hoosier Huddle. Uh, she did an excellent job yesterday at practice. Uh, Braving the Colts got locked out with uh, Matt Weaver for, for a little bit there at practice. Uh, TJ, only seeing one practice without pads, you know, you could definitely tell the difference uh, about this this team physically. We'll see if it pays off in the season, if this team is able uh-huh. to finish these games that they've not been able to finish in the past, but physically they just look a little bit more ready to play in the big 10. Um, a few things, uh, final thoughts uh, from you, TJ. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see how that does translate to the field. Uh, to obviously, you know, it's one thing to look leaner. It's one thing to look more cut. Uh, it's it's another uh, to kind of have that translate to success on the field and to meaningful results on the field. And that's something we're just not going to know. And, and the coaching staff's just not going to know for sure uh, until you see them out there against another opponent uh, in a close game. Uh, obviously, the goal is to turn those close losses uh, against, you know, uh, programs that you're struggling to beat, uh, uh, like a Michigan is, is the first one that comes to mind because we've been so close to them so many years now. Uh, 
turning those close defeats into close victories. Uh, and that's where your work right now is going to pay off or, or you're going to come up uh, just short again. And that's not to say that it's, you know, for nothing, but uh, that's why you go get a guy like David Ballou uh, and implement the strength and training program that he is, is to start winning those close games. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But uh, in terms of players in spring practice, um, you know, the things that I'll continue to look for, uh, obviously quarterback is the, uh, the, the biggest issue that, uh, that we're all thinking about. Uh, but that, there's not really going to be a whole lot that we see uh, for that. Uh, the spring game is going to be telling, uh, but I do think Peyton Ramsey is going to come out of spring as, as the, the QB number one. Uh, when Michael Pittix has more time to develop, will that change? Uh, time will tell. Uh, but the other positions, you know, linebacker, there's so much up in the air there, uh, kind of that, maybe the second corner spot, uh, maybe even both corner spots, that's up in the air. Uh, I think that the defensive line is kind of solidifying itself as uh, it seems like Alan Stallings has uh, had a very nice offseason so far and um, maybe solidified himself as a starter on that line. Uh, the offensive line, that's one that uh, it sounds like progress is being made there, and that's a big deal. Um I think a position that we didn't touch on that uh, uh, is wide receiver, uh, Nick Westbrook. Um, it sounds like he is back to uh, – he's still wearing non-contact uh, jersey, but it sounds like he is at least looking a part of what we saw in 2016. Uh, that, yeah, he looks really a, good. Such a good player. Yeah, yeah, such a good player for the Hoosiers. Uh, and they need that. They need him to be that dominant receiver uh, that they can go to whenever they need to play. Uh, so you've got him, you've got Timian, a player that I feel like we both think can be an absolute star, uh, Watt Billier, um, a lot of good pieces. We didn't touch on wide receiver. It doesn't feel like there's quite as much unknown at that spot. Uh, really the only unknown is whether or not Nick Westbrook can return to be that, and then, you know, who can kind of that, uh, who steps up to be the primary, if you will, uh, behind Timian and, and Westbrook. Uh, I I kind of think Watt Billiard is going to be that guy, but uh, a lot of options out there for the Hoosiers. And then running back, you don't you just don't know much. Uh, yeah, it's really hard to tell anything from running backs when there's not full contact. Uh, it's really easy to to run the ball when nobody's trying to tackle you. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think of I think of all the all the different uh, positions that are really up for grabs. It's going to make for an exciting uh, wrap-up to to spring. And then uh, the spring game, I think, is really going to be pretty fascinating. It, it will be. And, you know, we kind of skipped wide receivers a little bit. Uh, yeah. the, the main concern there is just total depth. You have a, a strong top three. Uh, and then Wob Jacoby Hewitt is, you know – He's been – he looks like a guy who should be in high school, you know, who's still a high school senior by age, but he has the ability to, to be one of those guys. He's got to play. You know, these two young guys have got to play. They don't have that much depth there, especially moving Jonah Morris over to defense. But, yeah. you know, coming coming into this, 
it, we thought this would be an interesting spring to watch based on the position battles. Tom Allen said that this quarterback battle is going to be open all spring uh, and, and into fall camp. So we'll see who takes the reins there. Uh, right now, you're right. It, it's Peyton Ramsey's job to lose. Uh, we'll see if they bring in a graduate transfer quarterback. Um, other than that, it's it's you know you know it's wide open. Fans need to sit back and enjoy it. And, and one of my biggest takeaways uh, from spring practice and just being there is there's a lot less talk. Um, last year, I know a lot of fans had an issue with the breakthrough just had the athletic department and whoever marketing and, and everybody just hammering home. We're going to break through. We're going to break through. And it was just, you know, it became almost like a slogan for broken promises. And Alan has his word of the day for the team and it's just less public. And I think that, you know, that is, that makes me feel a lot better about, um, external expectations on this team. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and we'll talk about expectations going into the season at that time. I, I don't know what to expect because I don't know what this team is all about yet. So there's so many things that we still need to figure out. So it's going to be an interesting run up into the spring game on April 14th. Uh, always thanks for, for hopping on with us and, and co-hosting. Enjoy, uh, Enjoy March Madness coming up, and we'll be uh, we'll be back, you know, after the NCAA, after that first week of the NCAA tournament when the spring practice continues. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you know, if you have uh, the more you're able to evaluate and, and start to, like you said, kind of kind of determine what you think the expectations for this team should be. Um, there's still a lot of pieces still to be determined. Uh, but I, I do feel pretty good about the, the pieces out there. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not uh, it's going to come together uh, as we get to the season, because it, it certainly shouldn't be together yet. I mean, no no team is. Uh, so it, it's okay for there to be growing pains, and it's okay for there to be question marks uh, right now. You know, that, that this is the time for it, and uh, the goal is just to, to get those answers as we uh, get to the season opener. Yep. All right. That does for tonight's episode of the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. Hopefully we give everybody traveling down to uh, spring break or out to spring break, wherever you go, uh, a little bit of entertainment in the car. It's 45 minutes. Just think that might be 70 miles uh, or something like that. So enjoy spring break. Have a safe and great time. And we'll come back when spring ball continues. All right, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have practice reports from every practice we are at. If we're not there, we will. IUHoosiers.com puts out videos uh, that tell you what happened. So, anyway, come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier_Huddle. Join our ESPN Bracket Challenge. It's always fun competing against us and all, all the writers, myself, TJ, uh, Nathan Comp is already signed up. The rest of our writers need to sign up to compete against us for bragging rights. Uh, for you know, We'll send you a T-shirt as well if you win and stuff like that. So enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, who's your nation? And back soon.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 